When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Great to have you here on the Clark Howard Show. Our mission is to serve you with advice and information that empowers you so you make better financial decisions in your life. I hope you're enjoying your day so far. I'm having a great one. You know why it's even going to get better? Because I'm about to embark on some key self-improvement. How do I do that? I get to listen to your feedback on where I've gotten it wrong on our weekly Clark Stink segment. Something else I love, warehouse clubs. Why do I love warehouse clubs? Because the markup on the goods you buy inside a warehouse club are so low. But you know what's a real hassle? Having to wait in line to check out and then wait in line to get out the door after you've already paid for the items you buy. Well, I've got good news on both of those things, thanks to Sam's Club. And I'm going to tell you what they're up to. But without further ado, it is time for Clark Stinks. I should have never encouraged you to speak. You must think I'm pretty stupid. You should be ashamed of yourself. Well, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe you're right, pal. Um, I also want to just say before I read these Clark Stinks that I can't even read. I had so many backed up um, that I couldn't read through all of them. And so if yours hasn't been read, it's not that we didn't like it, but it's just we had a real backup. So uh, the other thing is there are people who think that Krista won't pick one out to read because it's so negative towards me or somebody really doesn't like me. No. No, that there is no filter like that. But not everybody's can be read because otherwise we wouldn't get any other content on all week long. Right. And I would say that's not really the problem. People aren't really mean. Most people, the problem is they say you don't stink, but so anyway. But I do. I do. All you know, right. I, this is one of the money saving things I do. I only take a shower three times a year. Oh no. my gosh. That's not true. <laughs> okay. I wouldn't stand here next to you. <laughs> Just kidding. Okay, we'll start with this one. Clark, <laughs> but not really. Clark, no. Clark stinks like a dirty locker room. Not really. You are always looking out for people, their health, financial, and otherwise. As a compassionate, smart person, how do you reconcile your love of a brutal game where men suffer severe injury, including concussions that often result in long-term brain illness, personality disorders, etc.? America's love affair with this sadistic sport baffles my mind. It seems like you and many others have a psychological dependency on watching this carnage, and I hope you'll consider how much damage it's doing and cut the cord. Knowing how much you love it, I'm not too hopeful of that. In all other ways, I love what you do. Mary Ellen. Mary Ellen, thank you. You know, the problem with CTE is one that's really come into focus in terms of the general public being aware in the last five to ten years, and it's tragic from the repeated hits to the head that happen in contact sports, specifically rugby, soccer, and football. 
football gets the most coverage because it's by far the most popular sport in the United States. And it is absolutely tragic. And I remember reading a long form story about people who had won the Heisman Trophy and how many of the people who've won the Heisman Trophy over the years, it's awarded to the best college athlete in the country each year at major colleges. How many of those winners later in life had developed some form of symptoms from traumatic brain injury or CTE. This is a terrible problem. It's one that people did not really take seriously. I remember if you got hit hard and you you were kind of dazed, they said, oh, he got his bell rung. And then, you know, you were sent right back into the game. Today, people are much more aware. The NFL has its concussion protocol. College football has the targeting penalty specifically designed to prevent brain injury. And it is something that's very disturbing. And those who know who DeMar Hamlin is, who had a very serious injury on the field and and actually died on the field and was brought back to life by great immediate medical care. I mean, you see the dangers of the sport. And so I am aware of it. And it's funny at the same time, I love the NFL game and it's not the hits. I love the quality of the play is just incredible. But what you bring up is a valid point, and I hope that one of the areas that research is successful, because there's a lot of research going on, how to make the helmets more protective of the brain. You don't stink, but you may smell better if you take this advice. On your website and on your podcast, you talk about the winners and losers of College 529 plans. Maryland is listed as a loser, for example, but the review neglects to mention that Maryland offers a match on their college investment plan. My three children have each received $4,500 from the state so far with more to come. I think that is worth it, even if the accounts themselves have higher fees. Thank you for all you do, Kelly. Kelly, thank you. And you bring up a valid point that I talk about with 401ks. And people will have a 401k account that has a good employer match but crummy fees. And in that case, what I encourage people to do is put in enough money to grab the full employer match. And then after that, put money in your own Roth IRA. Same rule applies with 529 accounts. If your state has a very generous match, in this case, Maryland, and the match can only be received if you put money in the state plan, put in enough to get the full match that the state's offered and then do a second 529 plan for each child with one of the ultra-low-cost plans somewhere else. It's more paperwork, a little bit more hassle, but the benefit later on for your kid's college fund will be obvious and clear. I would like to hear Clark preach the virtues of how good EVs are to all the owners stranded or delayed by the poor performance during the recent cold snap. I will continue to drive my well-maintained gas vehicles and go when I want to, regardless of the weather, within reason. Cliff. Cliff, yeah. So there's no doubt that this is an Achilles heel of many electric vehicles. And Tesla got a real black eye in the Midwest when temperatures were so low that the charging stations froze. Mm. 
And people who were getting less range to start with got somewhere in the extreme cold in the Midwest that we had recently, and then they couldn't charge because the chargers were frozen. So, yeah, there is a clear problem that we have not properly addressed in the United States. As an example, Norway, which has the largest penetration of electric vehicles as a percent of vehicles on the road, doesn't have this problem at all. Why? Because they built chargers for that cold climate that could withstand the temperatures. As for range, range is an issue. You get less range on an electric vehicle in extreme cold weather. I had that happen back in 23 during an extreme cold snap, and I was on a road trip. And normally I would only have to charge one time on that trip. I had to charge three times because of the extreme cold weather. So no doubt, Cliff, that is a problem that the charger thing completely solvable the range thing will solve over time. Clark, I love you and hope to get to meet you one day because you're one celebrity I would want to actually meet. However, celebrity? I don't think of myself as that. However, your <laughs> segment on manufactured homes has convinced my husband that we need to buy a $420,000 manufactured home in North Carolina. I don't have anything against manufactured homes, but I can find homes that are stick built or conventionally built in my area around the same price. I've tried to convince him that it will not have the same resale value as a stick-built home, and if anything were to happen and we had to sell the home, that it would probably be at a loss because most people don't want to purchase manufactured homes. I love you all, and you're still the best, even if you cause extra stress in my life. Anonymous. Anonymous, I did not mean to cause stress in your life. Uh, When you say that it is a manufactured home, does that mean that it is in a neighborhood with other homes that are both manufactured and stick built. If it is one that is on a permanent foundation and from the curb looks like any other home inside sheetrocked like any other home, then I don't think you have to worry that the value of that home will be less. The reality is homes that are being built in components in factories And then individual rooms trucked in and lifted in by crane tend to be built more solidly and tend to have less problems over time than stick-built homes. Uh, But having to pay the same price as you would for other homes that are not built in components in a factory, if this is something that makes you uncomfortable and the price is basically the same, which doesn't show the price advantage I was talking about, then buying a home is a two-person event in a couple, and you should state your clear preference that you buy a traditionally stick-built on-site home instead of one that's manufactured in components and lowered into place with a crane. You stink like my old gym shorts left in the corner of the basement washer. You talk about the advantages of bundling when buying insurance. However, you come on periodically and tell people to shop insurance companies for a particular product without mentioning the discount advantages of bundling. If people call various insurance companies for a particularly cheap rate on a single item, they could easily get locked into what they think is the best deal and not realize the value of bundling Chico. Chico, what a valid point. And I'll be quick in answering that. 
So bundling is not as beneficial as it once was because of how different insurers who sell both auto and homeowners are underwriting each. A lot of the price advantage that existed before from the bundling discounts doesn't happen today because of the fact that more and more insurers are pushing up the price of one or the other by extreme amounts. And so the bundling discount may in fact today with so many insurers be an illusion instead of actual real dollars saved in your wallet. I have called you odiferous before, but this time you really stunk it up. Sure, Google Fi works well internationally and AT&T and Verizon always stink as much as you do today. But T-Mobile has great international service. I see this as a travel writer and aviation podcaster. T-Mobile offers five gigabytes of high-speed data and unlimited basic slow data in over 200 countries around the world. Texting is unlimited in those same 200-plus countries, and phone calls are $0.25 cents a minute unless you purchase an add-on plan. An add-on data pass is available to T-Mobile users if they need more service, and they are very reasonably priced. They also offer unlimited free Wi-Fi domestically on Alaska, American Delta, and United Airlines, as well as free international Wi-Fi in some of the aforementioned airlines. I do not work for T-Mobile, but still love the company. They're definitely the travel carrier and at one point ever sold through some Sarah luggage, what they called an uncarrier on a roll board carry on that featured wireless phone charging power bank and an Apple air tag. I own one and have given two away as gifts. Clark, I don't mind you dissing T-Mobile when they deserve it. I do it myself, but they also deserve praise for when they do something right. Micah. Micah, thank you. And I am a T-Mobile customer. The reason we haven't switched in our family to, um, to Google Fi is my kids have Apple Watches and Google Fi doesn't support Apple Watches. So what I have to do if I'm on a long international trip is I use up my T-Mobile 5 gigs of data and then I switch to a local SIM that I buy in whatever country I'm in. Uh, I was recently in Australia. We got to talk about that trip at some point. And I bought a 80 gig SIM. 80 gigs is a lot of data for 25 Australian dollars, which is about 17 US dollars. An unbelievable deal. And when you travel the world, particularly AT&T and Verizon or T-Mobile, if like me, you're going to go past the five gigs, buy a local SIM that you can put in your phone, and you will save so much money. Okay, a couple of ones about doggies here. You stink worse than a car full of doggy diarrhea on a hot summer day. During the 16th of January episode, someone wrote in to ask for tips for both boarding and traveling with their dog. You gave some good advice, but neglected to mention Bring Fido, which is both a website and app that allows users to book pet-friendly accommodations all over the U.S., You can apply filters to check for no pet fee rooms or for hotels that allow both small and large dogs. Some hotels have a weight limit and breed restrictions. As a bonus, you can look at the amenities of the hotel for two-legged guests. Please share this valuable information with your listeners, Teresa. And I did check it out. It's a great site. And Teresa, I've never heard of Bring Fido. I appreciate it. My wife will especially appreciate it because she wants to take our dogs on every road trip we ever take and not have them with Uh, you know, a sitter. And so I will tell her about this. And this is why we do Clark Stinks. Not to help my wife and me, but to help (laughs) uh, 
<laughs> tell all our listeners and viewers with a different perspective or additional information beyond what I can know is just one guy. All right. And another one, Clark helped a first-time dog owner with advice about pet insurance and how to save money on supplies. Clark, you stink because you failed to tell the new dog owner that he should get his pet prescriptions at Costco Pharmacy rather than an online retailer or even worse from the veterinarian. Clark, your dog's name is Kirkland Signature. How could you overlook this? As an example, getting some Parica Trio tablets for Flufus Doofus at Costco saves me almost 30% versus getting them at Chewy. Andy. Andy, thank you for this. Uh, and we do fill our pet prescriptions at Costco. And they've got a big sign at my Costco, which is actually your Costco too, mm-hmm. that has a big sign saying, fill your pet prescriptions here and you will save a great deal of money, almost always filling your pet prescriptions at a warehouse club. Regarding the follower complaining about Google podcasts being discontinued, it is ending on April 2nd, but Google has published a migration link to YouTube music as their new main audio podcast app. Migration is a click of a button and the YouTube music app shows podcasts in a similar format and chronological order as the Google podcast app did. YouTube music can also be found on the YouTube website by scrolling down the left side menu under more from YouTube. As you said, the video version of your podcasts are also available on your YouTube site, but when driving or multitasking or using cell data, I find the audio podcast to be a better format. Rob. Rob, thank you. The only thing I know about that migration is I've read some tech reviews where tech writers have not been happy with the YouTube format versus the former Google format. I mean, it's all Google, but I appreciate you pointing that out. And have you looked at how YouTube does No, I need to do that. Um, I need to look at it since I have an Android. I usually listen on Spotify because I use, you know, the family Spotify, but I'll check it out. All right, let's try to get through one more real quick. I'm so relieved that you went through your medical procedure in such good shape. I love your show and have listened to it for at least 30 years. However, Mr. Clark, when it comes to TV, you stink more than 42-inch TCL TV with a poorly aimed digital antenna. 10-yard penalty for the guy that recommends subscriptions with commercials when you only watch football. Nothing wrong with watching TV commercials to save money, except by your own admission, you don't watch TV other than football games, and everyone knows that games are the only time that commercials are almost a part of the show. My advice is to add, I don't watch TV other than football, so I might not know what it's like to watch those painful, sappy commercials, but I recommend it anyway. Take care. Your biggest fan, (laughs) Phil. Phil, thank you. Okay, so how do I watch most football games? And the only time I ever see commercials, obviously, is during football season. But I've learned that I can record all the games and then watch them delayed, not read any news, and see them that way. And I was out of town during the playoff games recently, and I avoided all sports news, and I watched the games sped up, and it's amazing how quickly you can watch the games sped up, missing all the pregame chatter and the halftime and the commercials and all that. I am so glad I got to see the Kansas City and Buffalo game It's a three-hour, 15-minute game. I got to watch it in like 35 minutes. But you can't do that on the other apps. Like, you have to sit through the commercials for a lot of these. They they make you watch them. That is true. But the NFL, I've figured out how to just record and watch. But that is true 
And a lot of the services that we have on our section of FAST, which is free advertised, advertised supported television, it's what FAST stands for. We've got a big guide on Clark.com where you get streaming services for free, not even at lower cost, for free. When you watch those or you watch any of the VOD products that have spread so much, video on demand, you cannot skip through the commercials. But at the same time, if money's tight and you're able to stretch your budget by watching commercials, I'm all about that. So we started and ended Clark Stinks with football, and I have one more question in the next segment. A follow-up on your buying a TV for the big game. It's coming up next, yeah. So that was like a tease? Yeah, I guess it was. All right. Well, coming straight ahead, we're going to talk about how Costco is making their members pretty unhappy right now. And Sam's Club, on the other hand, is playing the eager challenger and doing several things to simplify pain points for you and me. I'm going to tell you how Costco needs to step up its game. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Hey, listeners, whether you love true crime or comedies, celebrity interviews, news, or even motivational speakers, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue, right? And guess what? Now you can call the shots on your auto insurance, too. Enter the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. The Name Your Price tool puts you in charge of your auto insurance by working just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance. Then they'll show you a variety of coverages that fit within your budget, giving you options. Now, that's something you'll want to press play on. It's easy to start a quote, and you'll be able to choose the best option for you, fast. It's just one of the many ways you can save with Progressive Insurance. Quote today at Progressive.com to try the Name Your Price tool for yourself and join over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. So I am a two warehouse club shopper, used to be a three, no longer a member of BJ's Wholesale Club, but I shop a lot at Costco and Sam's Club. And it's simple. You know, those concrete floors... The method of selling a very small number of different items, they call a small number of SKUs, has made it possible for the warehouse clubs to have much lower markups than even mass market discounters like Sam's Club is owned by Walmart. Sam's Club is much cheaper on the same items or similar items than Walmart. And Costco is ridiculously cheap on stuff. You know, It's funny, nobody ever talks about when retail analysts price shop, nobody ever talks about how much cheaper the warehouse clubs are than shopping at traditional retailers. Why does nobody ever cover that? Because these companies don't advertise. So there's not a lot of incentive in the media to talk about how phenomenal Costco and Sam's are because they're not part of the advertising base for publications, but they are incredible. Costco has entered into a somewhat adversarial relationship with its membership recently. And what happened is Costco figured out that there were a huge number of people shopping in their warehouses who were not actually members. They were being lent a membership card by someone else. So Costco has first was requiring 
that you show your card, uh, like if you were going through self-checkout or whatever, and then more recently, and I don't know if this is an experiment at certain Costco's or is something going on that they're planning to do all over the country, you're having to show your driver's license or state ID in addition to showing your Costco card. Why is it that Costco put such an emphasis on knowing that the card holder is the one actually using the card? Sam's Club doesn't. Because Costco, overwhelmingly, its profits come from membership. They just try to break even on the operation of the stores, and the money is made from the memberships. Sam's Club, on the other hand, charges a membership fee lower than Costco, and it's not where they make all their money. They also make money by charging a little more on a lot of the items inside the warehouse at Sam's Club. So Costco, the stakes are higher. They need to come up with a more customer member-friendly way of verifying that you are a valid card member other than making people unhappy over and over again, treating you like a crook, wanting to see ID. But that's only part of it because the other thing that's a hassle is how long it can take to check out at one of these clubs especially on the weekends. And Sam's is way ahead of Costco on fixing that because Sam's has scan and go, where as you shop, you ring up your own items on your own smartphone, you pay on your smartphone, you go right to the door, and now rolling out store by store, you then go straight out with nobody checking your receipt because artificial intelligence with all the camera technology they have in stores is able to verify that you have paid for what's in your buggy or in your basket or in your shopping cart, whatever you call it, whatever part of America you are in. And so the receipt check, I mean, on a busy day, the lines just to get out of the door after you've already paid can be bonkers at a Costco or a Sam's Club. The checkout lines can be especially slow at a Sam's Club, and they can be especially long at a Costco. Costco seems to ring people through quicker, but the lines are longer than they are at Sam's. Sam's, for whatever reason, the registers are slower, probably because Costco tends to have two employees at each register. Sam's tends to only have one. But eliminating that entirely and giving you the ability to scan and go as Sam's does is an enormous advantage over Costco because you have no choice at Costco other than to go through the gauntlet of having to wait in whatever lane checkout lines there are Sam's gives you the ability to get around it and now gives you the ability that will be everywhere in the country, but right now is being added to stores every week to just go straight out the door. The receipt check at the door is to prevent shoplifting. I mean, that's what it's about. And that's what they both need to prevent because their markups on items are so low. If you're not aware at Costco, Almost every item in the store is marked up no more 
than 14%, unless it's a Kirkland signature, it's marked up 15%. That is by far the lowest markup in retail. By comparison, what do you think the markup is at $1.25 tree? I mean, I would guess like 25 cents. <laughs> 40%. It's 40%? 40%. No way. On an item. Wow. I'm surprised by that. Okay, you ready for questions? I'm ready. Perry in California, with the big game coming up, I'm looking to get a 75-inch TV, but what type does Clark recommend? OLED, QNED, mini LED, LED, or other? Clark always recommends to get the largest you can afford. Ignore brand names just for the name, but I don't remember him discussing the types. Okay, now I'm going to drive... Video files, crazy. Yeah, is there such are. a word as video files? Uh, I, I get it. <laughs> I don't know if it is or not, but it's we the audio files. Yeah. I'm saying video files. Yeah. Okay. Do you know that when I buy a TV, I only buy by screen size, and I never even care about what format the TV is? So, like right now, I saw, speaking of Costco, they've been selling an LG 75-inch TV, LG, no, or is it Samsung? Sam, I forget which I of the two. I think it's LG. $4.99 for a 75-inch TV. I mean, come on. That's crazy, right? And the picture on the TVs, all the formats are so good. And what you see in the store is not what you're going to get at home because most of the video content we're watching is coming through streaming services that degrade the quality of the video. So I find that I'd rather save as much money as I can, pay as little as possible, and get the biggest screen size I can for the money, and that's all I pay attention to. You know, you were recently talking to me about buying a, was it a 65-inch TV? Mm -hmm. And I found one for $249 for you. And I think you asked, well, what brand is it? And I was like, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I didn't even know. I asked what type because I do. Oh, type? I was wondering about the OLED. Oh, see, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't care. I just want the big screen. So that's my deal. And if you're looking for, remember, I will always accept lower quality for a lower price. But I find that with the TVs, I mean, just look at how I dress anyway. But the TVs, I find that the quality is extraordinary and something i've noticed this year a lot of the manufacturers have been in a warranty war and now a lot of the tvs are coming with three or four or five years of built-in warranty coverage when you buy the tv so even if you're worried buying a rock gut cheap brand like i would is going to go bad on you now you have the peace of mind and assurance that the warranty is going to be really long. Beth in Pennsylvania says, you mentioned having a list of your financial accounts and updating it once a year. As someone who just took over her parents' accounts, I would like to add to your list. What bills do you have? What is the bill, company name, statement date, paper or electronic statement, due date, auto pay, company contact info, etc.? Make sure not to only include the monthly ones, i.e. life insurance, property taxes, auto and home insurance, yearly memberships, estimated tax payments. And to go along with the bill list, you may want to keep a list of auto credits and debits, paychecks, social security, pensions, auto transfers, et cetera, for each account. 
That way you also know how the money moves. Much easier to take over for a loved one who needs extra help or has gone into the hospital or has passed away if you have the bill and money movement list. I have spent the last six months reconstructing my parents' simple list and still don't know if I have everything. First of all, it's wonderful that you have stepped in to help your parents as you have, and that's something that so many of us are going to face. My wife is very analog, and she has something that's equivalent to the trapper keeper kind of thing in middle school, and she has all these clear sheets, what do you call the ones where you can slip stuff into them? And every recurring bill and every episodic bill is in there. And so it's really easy for her to make sure that everything's being taken care of. And I can go look at it and see, okay, we did pay this or we did that or the other. This is really good for us. Uh, It's hard for me to adapt to the analog kind of thing like she does. But it's really good because you can take a glance and see right away. And it's really valuable, as you mentioned in your circumstance, that if you do have to step in for a loved one, that you have the information available at your fingertips. Very good suggestion. Jean in Ohio says, how common is it for medical providers to use a text link to bill? We had an ultrasound. We started getting a text message telling us to click a link for the bill. My husband got tired of the messages and sent a stop. Then we received a bill in the mail, which turned out to be legitimate. Shouldn't the facility warn us about ancillary text bills? The texting of medical bills is something I've not experienced. Is that something that you have experienced? I haven't experienced that one yet, no. So that may be something that is not common, but is something happening in the marketplace. And if it, if it becomes something that helps medical providers collect bills more effectively, it will spread by word of mouth and spread like wildfire throughout medicine. But it is not something I have experienced yet. I get clear statements saying I owe this, that, or the other. Although recently, I received something that so many of the rest of us have happen every year, which is why Congress changed the law and medical bill collections are very limited on when they can end up on your credit report. But out of the blue, I got a nasty gram from a collection agency saying I owed for a medical bill. So I contacted the provider instead of the collection agency and said, I've never received a bill from you. And it turned out they didn't have a good address for me, but somehow they turned over to a collection agency and the collection agency found my address like that. The bad news is I did owe a bill. The good news is it wouldn't hurt my credit at all because of the fact that the Congress recognized how messed up medical billing is and how haphazard and chaotic it is. And so there are very, very specific limited circumstances where an unpaid medical bill can end up on your credit report. And in any case, pretty much not till a year has passed can it end up on your credit report regardless. But the medical billing thing is a real serious, chaotic business filled with havoc and hassle for all of us. I want to thank you so much for joining us today. I want to tell you how much I appreciate you taking the time to share on Clark Stinks. 
because I learn every time. Your fellow listener or viewer learns every time. And it enables me to expand my scope of knowledge by what you take the time to write and share. And I hope you have an absolutely wonderful weekend. Remember what we're devoted to, you learning ways to save more, spend less, and avoid getting ripped off.